Welcome to the Melbourne Business School podcast, where we answer the biggest questions in business today and explore the latest research. I'm your host, Yasmin Rupersinger. My guest today is a game theorist and academic director of the Executive MBA programs at Melbourne Business School, Associate Professor Vivek Chowdhury. Welcome, Vivek. Thank you. Vivek, as 2020 draws to a close and we look forward towards 2021, we'd love to hear your thoughts on what leaders should be doing in 2021. And by that, I mean, how might leaders approach and navigate the post-COVID environment in the new year? Thanks for that, Yasmin. It's been a remarkable year um, for everyone, uh, individually, organisationally, societally. And uh, there are some lessons I think we can take away from this year that, that will help shape how uh, we perform as uh, leaders and as organisations into 2021. Um, having said that, I think there are also some uh, natural responses to the difficulties of this year that perhaps have us thinking about the future as being substantively different to the past. Uh, and while that may be true to a degree, there, there are some things that remain the same. And so I guess um, there, there's a looking through the pandemic looking glass, uh, we perhaps magnify certain aspects of what leadership calls on, uh, but also uh, distort to some degree some of the natural tendencies that we've talked about for a long time around leadership. So I, I think it's important to just situate 2021 in the context of leadership more generally. And I think one of the things that um, we need to be aware of is even before this pandemic hit, that organisations and leaders have been challenged by having to deal with a volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous world. So this term VUCA, which everyone throws around a lot nowadays, um, that was a very real thing before 2020, but the pandemic has certainly shown us um, just how real it is. And, and so the question of, of what do we do in that VUCA world is a, a long-standing one. Um, there are some things that I think uh, are necessary for individuals to consider uh, about this rapidly changing environment. Um, so of those four terms, volatility, uncertainty, complexity and ambiguity, the thing that we struggle with most individually and I would say at the level of our organisations is ambiguity, not knowing what is in front of us, not knowing what comes next. And to, to think about leadership in that realm, I think it's important to um, revert back to some fundamentals around strategy and the strategic landscape in which you are leading, what's going on in the environment, what's going on in the workplace, what's going on in uh, the regulatory environment, what's changing around us and how do we, how do we lead in that space? And, and one of the tendencies, I think, particularly in the context of this pandemic, one of the tendencies for organisations has been to consider this um, fog of uncertainty in the landscape as a time to just hunker down and survive. So because we can't see what's happening into the future, because it is ambiguous, um, there is a tendency to say that, OK, I just need to get through to the other side until the fog lifts. And, and I think what that misses is the reality that um, while it's important to survive, it is also important to think about futures and options um, in a world that is necessarily uncertain. And so those organisations that just hunker down and those leaders that just hunker down and don't adequately think about 
possibilities into the future, may well find themselves in a situation where their competitors, their customers, their suppliers, others, have actually moved out on when the fog lifts. So the, the challenge in, in, in is one that's been around for a long time, which is how do I ensure that um, I am uh, surviving into the future while also taking some considered risks, taking some considered positions about possibilities into the future. Um, and as I said, the, the pandemic kind of magnifies that for us, but it's always been true. It's been true for some time. The, the rate and dimensionality of change that this generation of leaders are dealing with is different to what their predecessors had to deal with. And 2020 has shown us that um, yeah, 2021 and beyond is likely to be shrouded in that fog of uncertainty. So in that fog of uncertainty, should I just stand still and hunker down and hope that I get to the other side? Or should I be thinking about um, yeah, what that other side might look like and how do I construct strategy as a portfolio of bets? And, and more importantly, from a leadership perspective, how do I bring the organisation along? Um, how do I bring teams along to enable that to happen? And, and I think that's um, you know, survival and exploration through uncertainty, how we deal with risk and ambiguity. This isn't just about strategy. This isn't just about you know, organi organisational lens. This is um, intimately about um, individuals and leadership and relationships and trust and, and authenticity and all of the words we throw around, uh, both in leadership theory and practice, um, that's just much, much harder in 2021. Now, to your broad question of what should we be doing in 2021, what lessons can we learn for leaders in 2021? I think the one that probably, there's, there's a couple of things that stand out for me in conversations um, I've had with, with some of the CEOs I work with. Um, one of which, in fact, I was just talking yesterday to, to Paul Perot at CSL, and one of the things he said that he has taken away from 2020 is that he doesn't need to be everywhere all the time. Um, and so if you think about you know, a, a general lesson for leadership, it's the realization that there are a lot of things that we can do differently. So it's not just about work from home, but work from home but more generally about do I need to be involved in every meeting with every individual at every leadership group in every setting, or can I actually be um, distant for some of those interactions? So that this idea of not needing to be everywhere all the time, I think is something that all of us can take into 2021, regardless of whether we're working in our workplace or whether we're working from home or whether we're doing it on Zoom or whether we're doing it in in virtual uh, or face-to-face -face meetings, whatever it may be. I don't need to be everywhere all the time. One other point to note is that um, it's become clear over 2020 that we're getting a better understanding of what's urgent and what's not. Right? So what, what has to be done? Um, and, and I think that's moving a lot of leaders into a space where they're realising that there's a difference between um, bureaucratic and administrative systems and structures and the outcomes that you from an organisational perspective. And so recognising what's urgent and what isn't and, and how that reframes what you do in the workplace, I think is going to be increasingly important in 2021. Possibly the most important thing for leaders that I would suggest needs to be considered in, in 2021 is how do I deal with more accountability with less structure? Because there's a bit of a paradox in that. Um, what I actually want my teams to be able to do is to have more 
agency, to have more authority, to do a whole range of things, and to give them enough space to enable them to do that. Um, but I need to do it in a way that they're still held accountable for outcomes. So, so the paradox there is traditionally when organizations think about accountability, we do it around control metrics and performance measurement and you know, demonstrate to me that you've got a process and a structure and, and are doing everything I'm asking you to do in minute detail. I, I think leaders are going to have to be more comfortable with um, allowing their teams to be uh, far more fluid in the way they achieve outcomes than they've done in the past. And there's a as I said, there's a paradox in that because I'm actually calling for more accountability, but I'm calling for more accountability with less structure, um, which I think is a true leadership challenge. It's going to be difficult to get that right because you have to seed responsibility. And one of the things, again, that I think for big and small organizations that makes that accountability um, difficult without structure is that we also have to be willing and able to um, promote and call out good outcomes, but also to call out bad outcomes. So, so one of the things many organizations struggle with is um, you know, when individuals are not meeting the objectives and the outcomes that have been set by the leaders. Uh, so actually being able to, to um, uh, call out bad behaviors whether that's a failure to meet objectives or whether that's bad behaviors of other sorts, um, exiting people out of an organization, I, th I think that's going to be harder to do if you don't have tight control metrics, but actually even more important in terms of accountability. So in a sense, next year is going to be hard because you have to give people more um, freedom while still holding them to a higher standard with that freedom. How important is confidence and direction in an ambiguous world? Yeah, so this brings us back to the, the topic of, of leading in a, in a VUCA environment, which, as I said earlier, is magnified by the pandemic reality that we've just um, gone through and continue to go through, but um, ha has been true for, for some time. That how do I uh, encourage my teams to, to follow me to, to a future if I can't see that future? And, and if no one else can see that future. So, you know, confidence and, and direction, I think, is something that uh, leaders have, have often talked about um, as both a, a trait, a capability, um, and, and in fact, a behavior that needs to be modeled. But that behavior is difficult in the fog of uncertainty. Um, I, I think it doesn't um, become unimportant. It just needs to morph a little bit in how we deliver it. So, whereas in the past, individuals in leadership positions had to be able to point their teams to the promised land, wherever it was they were going. Uh, I think in, in 2021 and in today's world more generally, um, leaders have to be able to paint a, a, a broader picture of where it, that may be. So it's, it's the narrative, it's the storytelling around where we think we might want to head that becomes important. And there is a need for confidence in that, but there's also a need for comfort for the leader to be comfortable with incompleteness, with ambiguity, with not necessarily having the picture completely filled out. So, so there again, there's a bit of a, a tempering of confidence because I, I kind of know what direction we're heading in, but that direction is um, veiled in this fog of uncertainty 
And if things change, then we have to pivot and we have to move in a different direction. We have to have to change slightly. So I think leaders are, are going to need to be confident to the extent that they can encourage and engage their teams while still being um, authentic and real and honest about what they don't know. And I think that also doesn't come naturally for many of us, the, the, the incompleteness in which we have to operate. So this isn't just about, you know, experimentation and innovation and the failing fast stuff that Silicon Valley has taught us. It's also about recognizing that I don't necessarily know whether the range of activities that we're engaging in are all going to work. I don't know whether it's the right direction and we may have to change. Um, and I have to be more comfortable with putting forward ideas to the team, to my organization, even when they're only 65, 70% complete. Um, which, which is something that most people aren't comfortable with, particularly leaders. They, they want to be sure that they've done all the calculations, that they've done the analysis, that they know that the numbers stack up, that the value-creating story is there for the strategies that their teams are pursuing. But I think we have to be more honest than that. I think we have to accept that um, we may not know it all, uh, and, and we have to be willing to share ideas in this world of incompleteness and uncertainty. And I think that... Is a, is a big leadership challenge, which will only get magnified over the course of the next few years. Now, I'm keen to hear more of your thoughts about how much space a leader needs to allow their teams and organisation, particularly as we see a change in office and work from home engagements. Uh, again, I think this brings us back to uh, the, the reality that uh, 2021 and beyond is going to call on leaders to... Um, cede some responsibility to their teams and to individuals below them. Um, and ceding that responsibility actually means that they are going to have to allow um, space uh, and decision rights and authorities and, um, you know, the possibility that individuals will navigate this uncertain terrain in a way that you as the leader may not necessarily do. So whether that means that I've got my team working remotely and I only see them occasionally um, or that they come into the office from time to time and check in on, on direction with me, it comes back to this question of how do I manage greater accountability with less control? So greater accountability for outcomes but less control on the way you achieve those outcomes. Um, and I think, I think that's about space. I think that's about finding ways to let your people um, operate to the standards that you are setting, to the expectations that you are setting, but without dictating the way that they're going to achieve those standards, without saying that you have to be in the office from nine to five, five days a week, or without saying that you have to meet on these 15 um, work points over the course of the next two weeks. You know, the, the, I think it's, it's got to be um, a higher standard of outcome that's being called on with a lower degree of control. And that is about space and, uh, and trust. It's got to be trust in both directions. And, and in fact, again, with many of the people that I work with, the challenge on trust is not just about the uh, teams trusting the leader, but also the leader trusting the teams. And, and in fact, um, there's a reciprocity in that trust. The more you are willing to give your workers, your teams space, to operate, the more likely they know that you trust them and they trust you. However, the risk of that 
is that if you give them too much rope, there's a problem. The, the leadership challenge here is how much space do I give? I want to raise the bar in terms of expectations of outcomes. I want to raise the bar in terms of accountability, but I want to lower the control that I ordinarily would have had around making sure that people are uh, doing things by process and structure. So I want to give them more space. So broadly speaking, I think 2021 is going to call on leaders being willing to give their teams and their people more space. Um, but the caveat is uh, too much space is, is uh, potentially risky. Uh, and more importantly, with space means that bad behavior has to be called out. So if you give people space and they don't meet those outcomes that you had set for them, then there have to be consequences. So one of the things that, that uh, I think uh, a term that I've, I've heard recently I like, or a phrase I've heard recently I like, is that the culture gets set by the lowest standards that you accept. Um, and you know, we've heard equivalents of that in different ways. The standard that you walk past is the standard that you accept and, and so forth. But from an organizational perspective, I think this is also important. But the call on leadership may well be to give people more space. But in giving them more space, if individuals and teams don't deliver, then they have to be held accountable. They have to be exited from the organization. They have to be told. They have to be... And, and again, that's a leadership challenge because if I'm not micromanaging every aspect of what my team does um, and then they fail to deliver then how do I exit them from the organisation or from the position in? That's a challenge. In your classroom, you teach about leading through uncertain and ambiguous conditions, and I wonder how do you engender trust in that fog of uncertainty? Trust is a um, bi-directional issue. Right? So I, me trusting you is not enough um, if you don't trust me, and that's true the leader and the people that they're leading and followers. And, um, and I think in an uncertain terrain, the way to engender trust um, in both directions has to be about um, uh, allowing both success and failure to be realised. And, and that comes back to the point of space. I, I have to be willing to, to cede space to those that I'm leading and they have to be willing to accept that I have expectations of them, and if they fail to meet those expectations with the space they've been given, that there will be consequences. Now, having said that, I think there is a lot of evidence to suggest that one of the key aspects of uh, trust in, in uh, organizations and, and leadership more generally is around authenticity and honesty and truthfulness. So the more... Um, authentic I can be, the more real I can be with my teams, the more likely they are to trust me. And that brings us back to this issue of, of how do I lead in a fog of uncertainty. Well, if I fake it and pretend that we know exactly where we're going when we don't, because there is this fog around us, because it is ambiguous, then um, my teams are going to recognise that I'm faking it. Um, so I think one of the things that this fog of uncertainty is highlighting for all of us is the need to be far more open with our teams and our organisation, um, up and down the organisational chain, about what we know, what we don't know, what we can know and what we can't know. And because there is so much uncertainty and incompleteness in all of that, that means that we have to be comfortable with all of us um, 
navigating this uncertain terrain together. We're going to hit some, some boundaries. We're going to get some things wrong. We're going to fail in spaces that we didn't want to fail. We're going to succeed in ways that we didn't anticipate. And we're more likely to do that as a team and as an organization if we trust each other. We're more likely to trust each other if we're honest with each other and if we're clear on what we can and can't do and what we do and don't know. Thinking about authenticity, what steps can leaders take beyond being open to be more authentic? Yeah, that's a great question and a difficult one because we all all wear masks in in different roles that we play and and I addressed authenticity a few minutes ago around um, an openness about what we know and what we don't know. But actually, I think bringing your full self to the workplace is something that's often talked about as an important characteristic of of authenticity and and building trust in teams. So, So showing your vulnerabilities that go beyond what we do or don't know, but, but who you are as an individual outside of your organisational setting, I think has, has uh, a lot of uh, power. Um, you know, I'm a long uh, supporting Richmond Tigers fan, and one of the things that has been the basis, a much talked about basis, of Richmond's uh, recent success, three out of four premierships, in case anybody was wondering, is uh, the capacity for the leaders in that club to be open all the way from their chairman in Peggy O'Neill to the captain in Trent Cotchen, um, you know, the entire club, uh, being willing to share with each other who they are as individuals off the field and actually bringing that into their game on the field, the trust in each other. And so I think there are lessons to be learned for organisations more generally around authenticity which is how do I um, bring my full self to the workplace? Uh, and that doesn't, again, come to most of us naturally because, the, yeah, we don't want to be vulnerable in the work setting. We don't want people to know our frailties. We don't want them to know other things that are going on in our lives. But there is plenty of evidence to suggest that if I'm willing to show my, my workers and my teams that, uh, you know, I'm not... Superman, and, and, and that I can't, I don't have it all under control, and there are things that I don't know, not only I don't know from an organisational perspective, but that I'm uncomfortable about or I'm concerned about, the more I can lessen the dissonance between my personal self and my professional self, the more I can be the same person, the more my teams are going to think that I'm real. And the more they think I'm real, the more they're likely to trust me. And, and again, I think that works in both directions. The more like, they're likely to open up and share their um, frailties and their uncertainties and their concerns um, and therefore make us a better high-performing team. Vivek, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your expertise and ideas on how our listeners can step into 2021 with a game plan and the confidence to lead in a vastly new environment. Thanks again. Melbourne Business School is home to Australia's best MBA and business analytics degrees, as well as short courses for professionals and custom solutions for organisations. Our purpose is unleashing ideas and leaders for a sustainable future. Visit mbs.edu to find out more. Until next time.